Welcome to the... <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On this episode, I talk with my friend, Dan Holm, who currently leads digital marketing for Subway. Dan and I go way back, having first worked together when my last company, Engage, worked with him at Outback Steakhouse. Dan is one of those leaders who, although he hasn't started his own companies, leads with an entrepreneurial mindset. We talk about his journey, what makes a great leader, and the need for more diversity in the marketing and advertising industry. Also, don't forget to subscribe, as I have more guests like Dan coming up. Let's get into it. Okay, I am super excited to not only have this guest on, but also just generally catch up with him. So Dan, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hey, Jeff. Um, first, you know, really pumped uh, to, to be here as well. Excited that you wanted to have me come come talk to you because it's always fun and it's always fun to catch up with you anyway. But um, yeah, so Dan Holm, um, you know, currently um, running digital at Subway. Um, been there for the last uh, almost six months and, uh, you know, just uh, kind of uh, trying to make magic happen as always. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just so funny because I imagine this conversation, I'll, I'll dig into your past a little bit, but then yeah. we'll have what normally would have been just a chat we'd have every so often and said, we're going to record it. So let's do it. That's right. That's exactly, exactly. Which is good. <laughs> so I, I was actually, I, I don't know if I know this. I, I know that you, um, you know, since I've known you have been in Florida and I know you, yeah. you went to um, uh, central Florida, correct? <laughs> yes. I went to UCF. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that because I almost went there. Actually, you you missed yeah. out. I think so. It seemed pretty awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Where did you end up going? I went to UNC Charlotte. So I looked at like three or four, um, I would call them mid-level division one from a tennis perspective, mid-level tennis schools. I went down and actually Central Florida was one of the only places I actually did a visit and, and met the coach and the team and everything. So uh, yeah. I had no idea that you played tennis. Yeah, I did. <laughs> once, do, once do people know this? Do people know this about you? It's just like, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm so glad you said that you didn't know that because some of my my friends, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, you tell everybody you played Division One college tennis." I'm like, I really don't. I really, I really don't talk about it a lot. Well, I'm I'm happy to know that you were so good at tennis that you like actually considered schools for tennis. That's pretty. I mean, that's not that's not too shabby, Jeff. That was my only criteria. Um, well, <laughs> I that's know, okay. I start, I, I, entrepreneurship was not in my mind. It was play tennis. But so did you grow up then in Florida? No, no. I, uh, I, you know, I was born in Indiana, but I mean, really I've been here since like 1991. So I grew up here. Like I'm not from here originally, but I, I grew up here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and yeah, Florida's, Florida's awesome. Florida's home. You hope it's home forever. 
Exactly. Yeah, pretty much at this yeah. point. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So we we first got connected many many years ago. I, I, it has to be when you were at Bloomin. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was like 2000. I mean, let's go back. I want to say 2010. Yeah. 2009. Years, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So so you graduated what marketing degree? Yeah, I, I got my, my, my backgrounds and I, I got my degree in hospitality management from the hospitality college at UCF. Um, I love hospitality. It's always been like a passion of mine. Um, but like I took all marketing classes and had a marketing focus. Um, and so from there, you know, I, uh, I got a job at, at, at Outback. Uh, I worked in the restaurant actually before that. I don't know if you knew that. I worked, I used to work in there. I used to work in the Outback restaurants, um, when I was in high school and then in college too. Wow. Yep. And, um, I got the, you know, when I was a junior in college, I got the email address from a family friend of the VP of marketing at Outback, which is here in Tampa. And I just, I just harassed this woman for like six months. I mean, I emailed her, I emailed her all the time. And finally, after like six months, her assistant emailed me back and she, cause I was trying to get an internship. That was like my, I was like, I need a summer internship. And her assistant emails me back and she's like, okay, listen, all right, well, you can come in for an interview almost like reluctantly, like, listen, I'll talk to you. And, um, and I interviewed with the mark, the VP of marketing's assistant. That was the only person I interviewed with. And about two weeks later, she was like, okay, you can come on board for an internship for the summer. Uh, we're going to pay like 10 bucks an hour. And I was like, oh man, I have arrived. It is happening right now. And that was like in 2006. So I was still in college at that time. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, she basically I did the summer thing and I went back to UCF and uh, a couple months later, like in October, she of my, this is my junior year. She, I got an email from the the marketing person I entered with and she was like, Hey, what are you doing? Um, are you available for the holidays? We need help with like radio holiday radio promotions. Like, you know, you know, this is, this is 2006. And so, um, I was like, yeah, I'm available. And, and I, I had my classes on two days a week. And so I drove to Tampa three days a week, um, back and forth. And she was like, and I I said to her like right before Christmas, I go, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to move back to Tampa and I'm going to commute the other way. I'm going to go to Orlando in two days instead of coming here three. And she was like, I wouldn't do that, Dan. Like, this is a contract job. Uh, this is really not going anywhere. Like, you don't want to do that. And I was like, I think this is going to work out. Mm. And I, um, so I did, and I never left. <laughs> That's, so do you, when, you, when you think back on that is, like, it seems very entrepreneurial to me, right? And, mm. and I'm, I always think about that avenue of things. I obviously, my first book was on how to lead like an entrepreneur. And part of that, you know, um, I don't know that we've talked about this, but part of the reason I wrote that book is because um, I found that there was a difference between leaders and corporations um, Mm. that act more entrepreneurially or that feel like they don't have enough control. um, So then therefore they just sort of accept all the, the stuff that they can't affect and, and, don't really make as much progress. And so you're one of those people that I feel like probably saw problems and said, well, how can I get around that? Or what can I do to sort of circumvent this? And, and to me, that's entrepreneurial thinking. Um, so it's one of the reasons I wrote the book, because I had friends like you who were in business that didn't start their own company yet acted that way. And so do you, when you look back at what you just described to me, even just the constant calls to try to get the internship, does that, did that feel entrepreneurial to you? Um, I don't think it did at the time, you know, I think, I think it was more of, you know, which this is an, a trade of on the great entrepreneurs. I know, you know, they're persistent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're persistent and they just, it's like, they're like dogs with a bone, you know, it's just like, I am not going to let this thing go until I get it, get it, get it. And so, um, I think, I think that's the thing. And, and, and to me it was like, why not? You know, like why, why not? And I think how I managed, uh, and I, I think I, I have realized this in hindsight, how I managed um, that, you know, thank God uh, to, to be at Bloom in so long. And I was very blessed, you know, at that company was it's like, how do you, how do you be useful? Right. And I think that's an entrepreneurial thing. And uh, it, which is, you know, how can I be useful? You know, I'm not trying to be successful. I'm just trying to be useful, you know? And so if you can find a way to kind of, you know, continue to demonstrate usefulness, um, it leads to more opportunity, you know, kind of naturally. And I think entrepreneurs do that too, right? They, they think it in the opposite context of how can I be useful to my consumers? What do they need that I'm not doing? Um, you know, and I think that is, again, in hindsight, as I look back on it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see that for sure. You know, where did the, where did the confidence come from as a young person? <laughs> to just do that. <laughs> um, ignorance. I, you know, I, I mean, um, I didn't, um, I, 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 I guess I wasn't, I guess I felt like I had nothing to lose, Jeff. Mm. You know, I, I was, you know, I was like 20, 21 years old. You know, I, I, I was completely, I didn't know. All I knew is that I, at this point in 2006, 2007, I was like, listen, I like this brand. Um, and I would like to have a job here when I graduate because this is, would be very convenient for me. It'd be, you know, work out nicely. And, um, and I'm just going to keep working hard at it. You know, it was kind of like, it was like, what are they tell me? going to tell me no? Yeah. You know, it's right. kind of like that, you know, ask not, have not, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll take a no over, uh, over nothing. So, so for young people listening today that are starting their career in marketing, they should, um, call you every day. No, they should drop at Subway and, and <laughs> you tell them no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, and, and so, and, and that was, that was the thing, you know, I mean, th- th- people can definitely do that. I would enjoy hearing that, but, um, you know, I think, you know, those, those six months when I was emailing this VP, um, uh, I never got a no, right. I didn't, I didn't get the no. Yeah. And so if that, if it's not, no, that means the door is still open. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't ask, you'll, you'll never get, I mean, you you gotta go after it. Gotta go get it. All right. So then, um, you spent how many years at Bloomin? Um, I was at Bloomin until I guess 2006 to 2019. So almost 13 years. Wow. And the brand you worked on during that period? Yeah. So I worked on the first part of my career. I worked on Outback, um, Outback marketing and then Outback digital, which is what we met. Um, cause we did the great Aussie stakeout and all that. Back mm-hmm. when you, back when it was engaged, you know, yeah, way back. Right. So, uh, um, I was with Outback Marketing Digital, and then um, I, I kind of moved into digital marketing for all the brands. So that I was, I was, I was a BBI employee across, you know, Carabas, Bonefish, Outback, and Flemings. Did that for a few years, and then I had an opportunity, which was, which was really a lot of fun, to leave marketing and roll into technology. Um, and I worked for our CIO and, and we did uh, digital strategy and product management. So we did all the um, stuff. This is like 2016 digital waitlist, um, e-commerce loyalty program did that. And then um, I did that for about three years, uh, three or four years. And then I rotated into back into marketing. And my last job at Bloom was running marketing for Carabas Italian Grill. So I had a I had a nice um, rotation through the company, which was which was really nice, um, and had a chance to work on different brands with different people. So it was it was a really good run, really good run. Yeah, and I and I have to tell people because um, 
certainly haven't shared this, but as uh, I was building Dragon Army and we started off more as a game and an app mm -hmm. company and we were we were sort of evolving into more of an agency. Um, I had many conversations with you to, to mm -hmm. advice on what the world needs from the agency perspective um, based on our sort of ethos, where you thought we could go. And it, I mean, a lot of what you suggested has become what we are today. Well, I didn't know that. But yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> good. Yeah, it made a big impact. So good. you um, you went to a couple other places in between Bloomin and Subway. Yeah. yeah, one other place. Yeah, so I left. Um, you know, so I I, I left uh, Bloomin um to go run marketing for a sports bar startup out of, in Denver called Tom's Watch Bar. Um, they they were they're backed by the guys that founded um and sold Smashburger. Um, so they kind of had sold Smashburger. This was their next thing. They had five locations. They were building out their executive team. Um, and I'd always been intrigued by this, by, by working at a startup. It had always just been, I just had this like curiosity about it and this like itch about it. Um, so I did that um, about a year, just a little, little over a year ago. Um, and that, that ended in March. Um, and then, you know, fortunately, um, had to have, have a great opportunity with Subway right now. Um, working actually with some people from Bloomin' Brands um, that are there now, which is wonderful. Um, you know, we're working for um, my, my old boss, which is, which is really great. That's great. Well, that, that's where I want to take the conversation now yeah. is around leadership. And so, yeah. as I said, like I have always thought of you as an entrepreneurial leader, um, and also um, in, in conversations we've had, and, and I've you know met members of your team along the way, leading with heart and sort of leading with more of a um, empathy and purpose mm -hmm. and so forth. Yeah. So, talk to me first about some of the leaders or or the impact maybe some of the leaders, maybe the person you're working for now at Subway that you worked for before have had on you from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. You know, I have, you know, Jeff, I have been very, very blessed to work for some really amazing people. Um, you know, really who have invested in me personally and professionally um, and who have just really been a partner to me, um, which is, and I, I, you know, it's, it's, you know, kind of the saying of, you know, don't find a job, find a boss is like mm. really is sometimes I think more true than we realize, um, you know, cause it's just, it's, it's an important relationship, you know? And, and so the bosses that I've had and, and the, you know, Mike, the boss that I have now they something I appreciate about them and something that I try to do as well is they bring their whole self to work, right? It's um, they bring, they bring it all, you know, and, and that I think is something really powerful um, because when you, um, especially as a boss and leading teams, when they, when you're, when your team can start to see you as a person, you know, and can understand, um, that you're, that you've got problems just like they do, um, you know, that, that you've got, that you're still trying to figure it out. And not that I'm not suggesting that my bosses were like, I've got problems. I'm messed up. That's not what I meant, but you know, that, that's not what I'm saying at all, but they, they bring their whole self to work and, um, you can, you begin to see them differently in, in yeah. a way where, and, and because they're bringing their whole self to work, they bring their heart. And it's not just about, you know, how, you know, did you get this done? Did you get that done? But what do you, what do you need as, you know, what do you need? How can I help you? Um, and, and I think all of my, you know, former bosses, you know, Mike, Donna, Desmond, these like really amazing guys, um, you know, Ken, um, I, I could list them all off, were deeply involved in helping me um, to, to serve my needs, right? And that's something that I really, you know, um, try to do with the, um, I have tried to do and try to do with the teams that I've had the opportunity to, to, to lead, which is, um, I'm here for you, man. 
you know, and how do I, how can I invest in you and help, you know, make an impact in you and, and kind of help you get to where you want to go, wherever that might be, you know, it, you know, inside the company, outside the company, et cetera. And, and I think, you know, if we all had that attitude of wanting to invest, um, you know, in the people around us, and it, it would be a very different workplace, right? Yeah, no doubt. And so much of what you just said um, brings me back to the idea of trust. Totally. Building trust with your team, with your leader. And um, that must be part of like, as you bring your whole self to your team today, I'm guessing a big a big part of what you're trying to do is build trust that, that they, they know you do have their back because so many bosses don't, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and that's a big thing is, you know, building, um, you know, building that safety with your team, right. You know, creating that, creating an environment for psychological safety um, and ensuring that you can trust me and can I trust you? You know, it's, 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 that's definitely a two way street. Um, and, and something that I think through how we behave and how we act and our habits that we have, not just as leaders, but also in team dynamics is really, um, really impactful. People pay attention to those things. Um, and I think sometimes we're like, oh, it's a bunch of crap, you know, whatever, but those things really matter. You know, they do. And, and, and long-term they have a huge impact on, on people and on teams and how they perform. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And that's where I go back to, again, thinking, of you as an entrepreneurial leader. Um, and I, my question for you on that is, do you think that's necessary in the space of technology and digital that you have to be sort of more adaptable, more agile, your teams have to be more fluid? Do you think so? Or am I leading the witness? No, you, you are leading the witness, but fortunately I do agree with you. <laughs> so that worked out fine. Um, you know, it's, it's actually really funny you say that. Um, you know, when I had, when I had spent time in digital before I ran marketing for Carabas, um, you know, I started thinking about things differently. Um, like have taking a more agile approach to marketing, taking a more responsive approach to marketing, um, thinking in terms of short three to four month long windows instead of 12 to 18 month long windows. And, um, it was really, um, a lot of fun to apply some of these digital things that we do into the marketing world you know, and, and thinking about, you know, changing, you know, how you would behave differently and how, why aren't we retroing after each campaign and all these different things. And, you know, I I mean, obviously I was the one that did it. So of course I think it made a difference. I don't know, (laughs) but um, you know, I, I thought, I thought it was, you know, I really enjoyed that. And so coming back around to your question, because I still haven't answered it on the entrepreneurial thing. I do think that is a requirement, not just for digital, but for everybody. You know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, I call that critical thinking, right? It's like I, I'm thinking ahead. I'm anticipating what could change. I'm aware that I need to bend and flex with those things. And it's when we get, um, we, we hold on to things too tightly that we get mad. We get, we get pissed, right? And so it's like if we hold on to things more loosely, you know, I think we can be comfortable with um this ever-changing sort of environment that we're all operating in and have been operating in for a long period of time, you know? Yeah. But, you know, what? again, you're, you're now at another big company. seems to me a lot of times the bigger companies need to go, all right, what's our 12-month plan? And what oh, do we yeah. do? And it's like 11 months from now, these channels we're on may or may not even be existing. I know, I know. So have you been able to, I, I guess, put a 
put a strategy in place with upper leadership and, and big corporations to say, you know, this is the this is the strategy, but there's flexibility below that that allows me to do my thing. Um, have you been able to? I think we're on our way there. Is how I would answer that question. Um, you know, I think there's certain things that we know need to be done for the guest, um, and we and for the business, and we needed we will do those things. I think how and the sequencing of those things and what may change and um, is is ever changing. <clears throat> but so I, I would say we're not exactly where we we are where I would like us to be in that mindset uh, of I think there's a lot of mindset shifting um, that is happening right now in a positive way. Um, and so I think as people's perspectives continue to evolve and as we look out ahead, um, we can think and steer as we get going there. Um, but, um, and so, yeah, I would say we're, we're on our way there would be my, my honest assessment of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think it's, it's probably very difficult for any law, I mean, super large company to really get their hands around that. Um, so la the last thing I really want to chat with you about is, um, more directly related to our industry, yeah. marketing, digital advertising, and, yeah. um, specifically diversity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I find myself in Atlanta, right. It's where I grew up. Um, and, you know, looking at the history of civil rights in this city and reflecting on the fact that, you know, in my industry, um, it's, you know, I don't know, I think in the agency industry, 85 to 90% white, mm -hmm. um, very few people of color. My, my company's uh, definitely um, in that range. And yet my city is 60% mm -hmm. people of color. And so one of the things that I'm working on is an initiative to really try to change that and, and change the narrative and see, because first of all, it's, it's the right thing to do, um, it, it, to create what we're calling systemic opportunity instead of systemic racism to, to, to make sure people are getting a chance. But also, as you know, goodness, the, the, the media that we're creating, the things that we're building have to be reflective of, you know, our community and our country and the world. And, and if you have, you know, 10 white people in a room creating ads and websites and things, you know, you're, you're not necessarily going to reflect everything that you want to, right? You can yeah. try your best, but so I'm curious as you've been at some bigger companies, you were at a startup, um, you know, how do you think about that in terms of your teams and specifically with Subway, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's some, some great diversity and inclusion initiatives going on. Um, I, I, so I think, um, yeah, you know, absolutely love that you're doing that. I think it's like really, really cool. And and I also like how you're framing that up, Jeff, around our cities here and we're here. You know, I think is a really it's easy to get your head around that, um, and, and to kind of have a visualization of oh, I see, you know. So I like I like how you're thinking about it. The, um, you know, I think as far as you know, diversity and and myself and our team and and, and Subway goes, you know, I, I think a lot of times too, what happens is is that we get stuck in this this very uh, kind of, you know, clear thing of like, oh, well, it's white or African-American, right? And, and, and I think it goes so much further beyond that, you know, which is diversified thought, um, diversified backgrounds, um, you know, you know, diversified cultures. And I am very, it's something that's up and on my mind too, very eager to bring in um, diversified thought, diversified backgrounds, diversified cultures into um, the context of, of the team dynamic. Um, even even like something even simple as, uh, you know, more women, 
you know, be beyond, um, beyond kind of like the, you know, the, the, the white versus African-American, you know, just, you know, we need more women, you know, in, in leadership positions, um, in team dynamics. And it's, it's really interesting. And you probably may feel this too. I've, I've worked on teams that were more diverse than not. And, and I've worked on teams of, you know, all, all men, all white men, you know, and, you there's something that is so much better when there's more diversified thinking and you can feel it happening like you just when you get the chance to work in a dynamic and and compare and contrast it just is better um and so it's something that's on my mind as well um you know and how do we get there and how do we think about it um and 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 really drive it forward and i think uh, you know you know having commitments and going beyond just um let's watch a video about why diversity is important i think is where it really matters um and i and and i i don't need to tell you you know that the companies and teams and organizations that are more diverse have better results. Yeah. You know? So absolutely. Yeah. And I love, and, and you're hundred percent right. It, it's there, there's many angles to, to diversity. Um, and, and again, especially in our industry, mm-hmm. uh, that's important. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in digital and tech, sometimes you end up with a, a room full of guys, Yeah, you know, and it's like, ugh, this is not going to, I mean, it, it's, it, yeah, there's opportunity here, right. Is, is, the, is the right way to put it, you know? Yeah. Um, to, to really, you know, bring in new thinking and new ways of working, which is good. Yeah. Um, as you think about building your team, I, I one thing I was thinking about, um, you know how, I, I don't know if you were this way, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too nerdy, but like, you know, you start the new year of school and you're like the fresh start, like I'm going to get my notepads and I'm going to have my organizing. Yeah. Oh, I got kids. We do all that. Okay, good. Um, when you, when you had the opportunity to go to Subway and lead a team there, were you sort of like, okay, how, you know, I'm going to take the things that I learned and I'm going to put this together. I'm going to organize this and I'm going to get the team. Were, were you sort of pumped about that aspect? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, like, like, of course, I think my favorite part about, um, my job is leading teams. I just, some people don't like it. I just like it. I, I just do, you know? Um, um, I think it's just really, um, enjoyable and, and I love having a chance to work with people and all those things. And so, yeah, I mean, I had like my short list of things of here's, you know, what I want to do. Here's how I want us to try and operate. Here's some initial things I want to do. Um, you know, I want us to be retroing so often. I want us to be, you know, I want us to have a team charter. I want us to, you know, some of these like nerdy, mm-hmm. nerdy organizational things um, I definitely have brought into the mix. Um, and, and, and we'll see, you know, I, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't like, I, I had all of my little things that I wanted to do. And so doing some of them, you know, we're not there yet. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of times too, um, you know, we as individuals think of like our own uh, career succession or like, where do I want to be in 18 months? Where do I want to be in two years? Um, and I have found myself in the last few years more recently thinking about where do I want this team to be? in this next, these next 12 years. And I don't mean like from a results standpoint, but like, how do I want us to behaving? How I want us to, how do I want us to be showing up, you know, and those types of things. Um, And uh, I, I, you know, that, that hadn't really occurred to me until, you know, really the last, you know, three or four years of how it started to, and it kind of happened naturally of thinking about like, you know, the team dynamic and and having a, a vision for that versus just a vision for myself, which has been interesting. I love that. That's, that's awesome. And that, again, that goes back to, that's what startups do, mm, right? right? When you start a company, you're not thinking, 
what am I going to do? You're thinking, what is my team, my company, but my team going to do? So that that's why I go back to this idea that I, and I love that you've gotten there. Um, and I also like that you, um, you're thinking about how do I want my team to be evolving, to be, you know, behaving, to be, um, you know, sort of working together. We talked about trust more so than the X's and O's like the X's and O's will take care of themselves. If you right. build that kind of nucleus, right? Correct. Totally. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, I'm super excited for you. I've got one bonus question I want to ask. Oh, yes, please. Um, yeah. So what book or books have been your favorite over time? Maybe you go back to them. doesn't have to be a business book. could be fiction. Um, I find people are really interested in, in learning what leaders are and, and just people who are accomplishing things they're reading. So are there a few books that come to mind and why? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to my list here to make sure that I'm telling you, I'm uh, reflecting. Um, so I will tell you the best book I've read. I know you said ever, but I'll, I'll tell you the best book I've read recently. It's called um, Unbroken, and it's by Lauren, Laura Hildebrand. And it is the story. It's a it's a it's a nonfiction book. It's the story of um, a, a guy who is an, an you know Olympic contender. He ends up going to war in World, World War II and becomes a prisoner of war um, in in Japan. And how he survived that like whole thing and what he went through. And I it was one of those. I just found it to be a cap, the way it was written. It was a captivating story. Um, you know, he's lost. He's basically lost at sea. You know, his plane goes down. He's lost at sea. The Japanese pick him up, and he's a prisoner of war. And, and uh, um, it's just, it's just a really great story. I, there's one of those books, you know, where you're like in, you're like in a hotel lobby waiting to check in, and there's like three people in front of you, and you're like, you, you normally be like on your phone. I'm like reading this book. I'm like, this book is so good. Um, so um, that's definitely my 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 one of my favorite books of all time. And then, you know, probably one of my other ones of all time is, uh, you know, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Um, yeah, just just a great book. I read it in college and really changed my, my view of a lot of things. Those are probably my two. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm um, going to check both of them out, but Unbroken sounds amazing. So. It's really good. Yeah, that sounds super inspirational. Well, Dan, I can't thank you enough. It was great to catch up. We did what we do and we caught up, but it was was great to hear your story as well. And I know there's going to be a lot of leaders out there that'll take a lot from this. So I appreciate you doing this. Absolutely. I had an awesome time and thanks so much for having me on, Jeff. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. All right, later. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com. And I really do appreciate you listening.